Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, this is Don Bluth, and you're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers. Hi, everyone. This is Glenn Keane, and you are listening to the Animation Addict Podcast with the Rotoscopers. They are awesome. You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast, episode 239, 10-Year Spectacular. Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, the number one place to get your animation fix with animation addicts just like you. Each episode, we dive into the wonderful world of animation featuring Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, and everything in between. From hilarious discussions and movie reviews to interviews with industry insiders, this show's mission is to brighten your day through our love of animation. So hop on your nerdy couch, grab some snacks, and get ready to hang out with your animation besties because it's time to dive into today's episode. Hey there, Animation Addicts. I'm your host, Morgan Stradling. And I'm Chelsea Robson. And it is imaginary party time. We are celebrating 10 years of the Rotoscopers, 10 years of the Animation Addicts podcast. Woo woo! Yay! It's crazy. I feel (laughs) that we were just barely doing this for our five year anniversary. Oh, gosh. I just distinctly remember recording that one, how big of a milestone it was. And never at that point did I think we would get to 10 years. Not that I mean, not that I never thought we'd get to 10 years. You just aren't. You're like, you at that point in time, you're like, I'm, I'm done. No, I'm checked just, out. No moss. I just wasn't thinking like five years ahead. You know what I mean? Right. But here we are still at it. Here we are. Things just keep on trucking. The last five years, we had a bit of a hiatus and some breaks here and there, which is great. Definitely highly recommend to take breaks when needed because otherwise you're just going to pick Peter out. Quality's not going to be there. And so breaks are really essential if you want to keep something going. Now, there are pros and cons. I feel like I'll just say with our show, um, we took a very prolonged break. And when we came back, we lost a lot of listeners, which was a bummer. But we still have yeah. the core animation addicts the true diehards that have been with us some from the beginning some from the middle some from just recently and so whenever you joined us on your animation addict journey we thank you we appreciate you we love all of your support and thanks for being a part of this community yeah no i've had i've had so many friends that i've gotten from the podcast itself which to me i think is the biggest part of the podcast and it's main the main reason why i continue to still do it is for the people yeah and for you thank you thank you 
the, all the people involved within this, though. Yeah. It's like, I, I feel like to do this is a lot of work. And if you'll excuse us, we're going to take a little bit of a of a side. Like, we're not talking about different movies, really. Well, we will, because um, there were some questions about that. But, like, we're not going to be focusing on a specific thing. We're just kind of kind of take a, an episode just to kind of talk about our journey and kind of talk about how we got here and things that we've gone through and maybe some podcasting lessons that we've learned through the times. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, these are, this is for anybody who just, who likes animation, but also anybody who's ever wondered what it's like to run a podcast for 10 years. We're going to be doing that. Yeah. All right. So before we do, we want to do something which we do with a lot of our guests. It's a very special segment. We've had it since the beginning. It's, an homage to one of our favorite movies, The Swan Princess. So we are going to play. A... You do this with everyone and not just the people who who actually created it. Yes. Yes, we do. Oh, man. Good times with that. So oh, we are going to be doing a round of Catch and Fire for Chelsea and I. Now, if you don't know what Catch and Fire is, Catch and Fire obviously comes from the swan princess it's a dumb little thing that they do with Derek when he's trying to train to just to destroy the great animal it's just it's so silly it's something that we started and i've never gotten old it's never gotten old and basically what we our version of catch and fire is we throw a question at you and you have to catch that fire right back and answer super fast you can't sit you can't think about it whatever first comes to your mind you put out there so Chelsea and I, we've both done this in our earlier episodes. Definitely go back and listen to those. But it has been 10 years. So I thought, hey, let's do it again to see if we've changed any little bit, probably. So with that, let's do our Morgan and Chelsea edition of Catch and Fire. Well, then, how about a quick round of Catch and Fire? Catch and Fire? You mean me? You're the only one with enough courage. Right. First animated movie you remember seeing. 101 Dalmatians. Aladdin. Favorite cartoon growing up. Gargoyles. DuckTales. <laughs> Favorite uh, animated movie. Oh, Beauty and the Beast. Aladdin. Favorite animator or artist. I'm you know, Glenn Keane is up there for Glenn me. Glenn Keane. Yeah. Yeah. Glenn Keane for sure. Mary Blair, Brittany Lee, all of them. Classic animation or CGI? Classic animation. Classic. Come on. We're the Rotoscopers. Come <laughs> That's on. That's what we do. Fav- favorite animation studio. This is a no-brainer unless Chelsea I mean, has changed. No, I'm still Walt Disney. Disney Animation uh-huh. Studios. <laughs> Which leads us into our next one, Disney or Pixar. Still Disney. Disney. Yeah. <laughs> Laika or Ghibli? I think Laika for me. I'm going to say Studio Ghibli. Laika is like, they've, they've just done a really good job of like, Picking cool stories that are different. Right. I like Studio Ghibli, but I like some of their movies. And so the reason I'm picking them over Laika is because their top tier movies really are top tier. Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away. Yeah. Some of those ones just are are so great. So there's that's why I picked them. For sure. Songs or no songs? Definitely songs. Definitely songs. Walt Disney World or Disneyland? Oh, I'm going to go Disney World. Wow. I just recently went to Disney World and I was not that I wasn't impressed, but I just have to say Disneyland. Yeah, I think I just I like I like the mini parks and the, mm-hmm. the versatility of it. Um, and I liked going to Florida. So there you go. Yeah. Hey, 
Florida or not Florida (laughs) for Chelsea. Okay, I see where we're going. Disney or anthropomorphic? Or sorry, people or anthropomorphic? uh, You know, I that's hard because the the epitome of anthropomorphic. There's not a ton of them, but to me, anthropomorphic. It's Robin Hood. Yeah, it's Robin Hood for sure. So it's like okay, we have Robin Hood where it's animals standing on two legs as if they were you know the pigs in animal farm at the end right but overall i gotta say people yeah i think people as well favorite animated dog bruno (laughs) (laughs) bruno (laughs) um favorite animated dog Uh, first one that comes to mind is lady so you know that's the game first thing comes to mind summer releases or winter releases this is a funny question because i feel like this isn't as relevant now (laughs) it's really not like this it used to be like such a thing and now it's like eh. um i always love good i don't know i Mm. i think winter releases is when people when the best movies have been coming out when the best ones happen that november that thanksgiving break it's when the the big one happens um so i'm gonna say winter releases Mm -hmm. Me too. Probably would have said summer in a previous life. Yeah. Favorite obscure animated character. Uh, my favorite obscure animated. Oh, yeah. It's Little Brother. <laughs> little Brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, first thing that comes to mind is Maurice. Okay. He's not. He's kind of obscure. Yeah. I don't. Again, I'm just following the rules, guys. Right, right. <laughs> don't. Some of these might not make hens or tails. Stitch or Tinkerbell? Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell. Mickey, Goofy, or Donald? Ah, Goofy. I'm going to say Donald. Okay, I'm throwing one in here we've oh, never done before. Okay. Daisy or Minnie? Ah, well, Minnie definitely has way more content available. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I guess you have to go with that just by default. I'm going to say Daisy. I am huge Daisy okay. stan. All right. When I went to Disney World, I had an amazing Daisy Duck t-shirt. <laughs> I haven't actually put, put any of those photos on my Instagram, so I'm going to go do that. Um, my next post is going to be my Disney World photo dump. <laughs> But um, I love me some Daisy. She does not get enough representation in the the Mickey universe. Like, yeah, it's, it's either they're gonna they're, they're either gonna have the three, the Mickey, Goofy, Donald, right? If they're gonna have them like plastered on a t shirt or something, and then occasionally they'll have you know, okay, let's have the four or the five, and the five that's included is Pluto. But then very rarely are you gonna get the Fab Six where it's Daisy is included, and so she is always left behind. She very is sad. Yeah. I mean, and speaking Justice of for okay, Daisy. favorite, okay, let me change my answer. Favorite obscure animated character, Pete. I love uh, Pete yes. so much. And talking yes. about the Mickey universe, he is very, very underrepresented, underrepresented. He is voiced by the great Jim Cummings. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. I love him. My kids watch Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and every once in a while, like Pete, he, he shows up a lot in that show. And yeah, I appreciate I that. So, or so how there about, you go. Um, how about <laughs> Launchpad? Launchpad. Ah, indeed, indeed. He's mm-hmm. he's one that's like he's gotten around several different episodes, several different series. He's kind of like a floater. Good old yeah. launchpad. Uh Scrooge McDuck, I like. And then I also like Professor Um Van what's his name? Um Professor Von <laughs> the the Professor Duck. Ah oh, <laughs> gosh, I ruined this. Okay, next. Huey Dewey or Louie. I mean, I have no Louie. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Huey. Huey because he's where he wears red and he's the leader. Disney princesses or princes? Uh, princesses <sighs> definitely have more 
standout time. But princes, I mean, they're, uh, you know, uh, and I'm going to go with the princes only because they don't get a lot. And I think that that's what I did last time when I did it. <laughs> so I'm consistent. You know, at least. I'm going to go with the princes, too. OK. Yeah. I, I love me some princes. So, it, it, hey, if you want to go back and see our episode that we did ranking the Disney princesses and princes, those were some really, really, really good episodes. Tiana or Mulan? Mulan. Mulan. Snow White or Sleeping Beauty? Sleeping Beauty. Snow White. Like, I love really? Sleeping Beauty aesthetically. Yeah, but Snow White just has a little, little bit more okay. to her, right. I guess. Who would win in a fight? King Fergus or Stoic the Vast? <sighs> I like Stoic. Yeah, Stoic. He's a Viking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's his, yeah, his yeah. job to fight. I mean, King, Fer- King Fergus, I mean, he's, you know, in Brave. Uh, I d- he definitely has his, his muscles behind him. He can throw logs and whatnot, but I just like Stoic. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> Frozone or Elsa? Elsa. Elsa. She can create life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, not talked about enough. <laughs> Rasputin or Dr. Facilier? Uh, Rasputin. Rasputin. Yes. The one we love to hate. <laughs> All right. Our final questions. Which would you rather watch? I gave a slew of movies for you Hunchback 2, Cinderella 2, Mulan 2, Aladdin 2, aka Return of Jafar, Norm of the North, The Land Before Time, 8, The Wisdom of Friends. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, so, my favorite part anytime that we do this with anybody is this question. <laughs> They are always like, oh my god! Like, is this this is what I've gotten myself into? <laughs> Every single time, it's like there's a shudder before anybody ever answers this question, and it's my favorite thing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Maybe I am a little bit of a of a semi sadist in that way, but it's just like to see people be like, oh. Gosh. And they always have to, if they don't start it with the caveat, it's always ended with the caveat of like, if you're making me watch one of these. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh gosh. I would say of these, uh, Cinderella 2 was terrible. Mulan, oh my gosh, I hated that one. Uh, Return of Jafar. I've actually talked on Twitter with Tad Stones, the director, and he was like, I will give you an interview at some point, but you have to promise me you will never review Return of Jafar. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's funny. wow. We need to do that then. Yeah, we, we should interview him. We but should. then I want to watch it. <laughs> oh, but that's sad. I mean, we can saying... watch it. We just can't review it. Oh, <laughs> mm, our hands are tied. I don't know. I you know. let us know, audience. Do what you want you us to review us the director do? or review the film? I want both. I don't like that he put this stipulation <laughs> on us. Oh. Yeah, but oh, that was that man. was the stipulation. He's like, you have to promise me you will never do that. <laughs> so I, like, I would love to know all the history about the film, though, um, because it started this era of these sequels. So kind yeah, of fascinating. So that's true. So Norm okay, of the I, North. I, okay, I want to do that. Morgan was very much against that one, and so I never saw Oof. it. Yes, it is and pretty then bad. The idea of Land Before Time eight, the wisdom of friends. Like I just, I have a really. I <laughs> I'm going to pick that one. The Lemon Time 8 Wisdom of Friends is my choice because it sounds, uh, I've seen the other ones. And so I know what I'm getting myself into. This one has painted it in a bit of a rosy wisdom of friends. Woohoo. Yeah. You know, I've gone down that sequel train before with the Swan Princesses. And Are you going to watch of them all bad. of the Land Before Times? I have not committed and 
there's other people on YouTube who have done it. Oh, so it's okay. like I was I was the first. It was, it was so crazy. So if you don't know, I did a mo I did a video on YouTube, me watching every single animated Swamp Princess film. There were 10 at the time. And um, I was the first person to do it. I was like, OK, well, this is awesome. And then no joke, a week later, some other girl did it. And I'm like, ha -ha, <laughs> beat you to it, girlfriend. Oh, oh that's really <laughs> funny. Uh, yeah, you and some other random girl are on the same train and having to watch the same movies oh, all yes, at the same indeed. time. <laughs> um, uh, even the idea of Hunchback Two, I remember it, and I just was like, "Eh." Mm -hmm, you got mm -hmm. Melissa Joan Hart in there. Yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I would pro. Oh gosh, I can't even do it. Um, I, I would watch Land Before Time Eight with you because I've never seen it. Okay. But with me is your caveat. With nice. you is okay. the caveat. Because so, we would have to actually walk, like, <laughs> go through and be able to rant and do our things. It's kind of like in the how we did uh, Swan Princess 3. Because I remember Swan Princess 2 wasn't that, cr wasn't that crappy. Ugh. But Swan Princess 3, right. holy moly, that was bad. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was. And hey, if you're ever down to watch the other Swan Princess movies, you just let me know. The Christmas one. I can't believe we didn't I do did that. I did watch for... the Christmas one. I know, but for our Christmas oh like, gosh, movies that we had done. Okay, this year we are adding the Swan Princess Christmas movie. Oh, gosh. Swan Princess. I think it's just called the Swan Princess Christmas. We are watching it because it is so bad. There is literally a lightsaber <laughs> duel and it's non-ironic in there. I actually, I think it. No, I think actually it is ironic and they know it and they're just like, here. Yeah, we're doing it. What are you going to do about it? Huh? <laughs> That's huh? Huh? That's exactly what I think it was. And I remember I was living in Nashville at the time and I watched this and I was like, holy crap, what, am, what, what is happening? And I remember showing it to you be like, there is literally a lightsaber duel in this. What is happening? And you didn't yeah. even believe me. You're like, I don't even believe you. And then I, I had to send I... you a screenshot. <laughs> it was like, what? And it, yep. And uh, then I proceeded to put myself through that uh, i'll include a, I'll include a link in the show notes that video only has like seven thousand views i believe that it deserves way more so much more way more um it's so good it's so good and so i'll include in the show notes so you can take a take a gander speaking of goose well <laughs> she's a swan but you know close enough whatever flying fowl <laughs> yes yes so there you have it everyone that is our c -c 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 catching fire hope you enjoyed it so we for this episode we have some questions from our patrons that we're going to cover various topics. And I think the first one, before we even get into these questions, but the first one really does kick us off is how did you start the podcast and whose idea was it? I think we should talk about the origins of the podcast for those who haven't heard and just kind of like, let's hit different milestones of these different 10 years that okay. we've done. Okay. Perfect. So I was a huge podcast listener, always loved podcasts. My very first podcast that I listened to was Pottercast in 2005, August 2005. So podcasting, if you don't know, it started in 2004. And so I consider myself to be very front runner when it comes to podcasting and being a podcast listener. Um, I listened to these Harry Potter podcasts on my way to my college classes. Absolutely loved it. Nerded out with my friends. Um, you know, my podcasting friends. If you're a podcast listener, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. The people that you subscribe to, they are your friends, okay? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I always, you know, loved animation. And there really weren't that many Disney podcasts. There there weren't any, really. And there was one animation podcast called The Animation Podcast, uh, appropriately. 
that was by Clay Cadis, and he was working at Disney, and he just interviewed Disney legends, Disney greats, people who had done certain certain movies, and those were really fun. They were great long form interviews. They were kind of you know I'm a behind the scenes geek, and so I got to see behind the scenes of yeah. some of my favorite animated films. So it was really cool. Gold and star. then obviously he got busy in his regular life or his work life. He's gone on to direct Angry Birds and some other things. So just the podcast stopped around, I think, 2010-ish. And he kind of put maybe like an episode out here or there. There's an unofficial Tangled commentary because um, they didn't have one for that. And so them and I, some of the people involved in production were able to do that on his show. So anyways, long story short, I decided that I wanted to do a real animation podcast where it was talking about the the movies. Now, obviously, there, there probably were others at the time, but... You know, if you can't find what you're looking for, then you got to do it yourself. And so that's what I did. And I immediately brought Chelsea along because we'd always wanted to do a podcast together. We loved we love chatting. We love talking. And then we needed a third member. And, you know, just for for balance, well, I felt that we needed one second and expound a little bit more on more just like we like talking um, we went through this time where we would that just yada, yada, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yada, yada. No, 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 no. We have to expound right there. Um, there was a time where you and I, it was like right after high school and it was like a, our, a summer of just hang out and chill. And we decided that like, we were just going to watch all like a whole bunch of Simpsons movies with the commentary. And then we were going to watch all these other things with the commentary. And then there were other parts where we we're just like, we should just do our own commentary for all of these things. And we could just, <laughs> so that was kind of like mm-hmm. an idea in our head. Now continue. Yep. Yes. So we start this podcast or, you know, we're, we're thinking about doing it. And then, you know, we need, I thought we needed a male voice on the podcast. And so I had this friend Mason and he's very, very well versed in animated films and he's really funny. And so I decided to be perfect. I asked him, he said, yes. And off we went. Well, and we started was, our very, I was in, I was on my mission. So I, I served a mission for my church and I, I had gotten home in December of 2011. And during the last like couple of months, you were emailing me and being like, okay, we've got this whole thing set up. I'm doing this. Do you want in? And I was just like, well, yeah, <laughs> come on now. Like you're yada yada this way too much, Morgan. Like there's- I don't even, okay. The problem is I don't recall this part of it. Right. Well, <laughs> it's been so long. I just, re- I specifically remember like walking along the streets of, of, Balneario Pasajas in Brazil and just like talking to my friend being like, yeah, so when I get back, we're going to be doing this podcast thing. And they have no idea what a podcast is like this is 2011 <laughs> and in, in like a small city in Brazil, like it's not even a city. Yeah. Um, and so I'm talking about, yeah, that we're going to be doing this. And it was just really funny. So, uh, but yeah, I, I do remember specifically the emails of being like, okay, this is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. And I feel like we do need a guy. So here's the guy that I've got. And okay, do you want in? <laughs> like, of course. So here we go. Um, and then, yeah, when I got back, it was, you know, end of December, you're like, okay, we'll give you a couple months to like settle out, settle down. And then we'll start it up <laughs> in like February <laughs> or like end of January. Cause I got in the middle of December. So January is when we actually recorded. And so we recorded like three episodes in a row and uh, they were really craptastic audio quality, like really bad, but we made it happen. Oh, which is such a shame. It was such a shame because <laughs> those first episodes were kind of like had kind of gold, gold, Jerry. Um, like, yes. I just feel like 
not to say that <laughs> like we've ever peaked, <laughs> but it was, <laughs> it was we peaked at number one, baby. <laughs> but it, I mean, it was just such a it was just such a fun time. And the imaginary party came out of that. Like we had like the, these first couple episodes really set the standard of what to expect out of the whole thing, which I don't think if we would have had such great uh, camaraderie and just like kind of vibes in those first ones that we would be here today. So there we go. Right. Yeah. So yeah, for our first podcast season, we, for a long time, up until just uh, maybe last year, we did our, our episodes every two weeks. And, you know, looking back, that was a big mistake. I think that we yeah. had, we had done podcasts are people consume them. They want episodes. And so by releasing every two weeks, it really stunted our growth and, you know, the project, the, cause people, Hey, if I see that this show hasn't put an episode in two weeks, I don't, some people don't understand that. Hey, okay. I want it now. Right. right. So they just, they're not going to subscribe. And so that's one thing right away. We should have just agreed to do that. And it's so funny looking back, you know, we had these like news segments that we would yeah. do initially for about the first year we did the news and then we'd cut the news because we're like, eh, it kind of dates the show, which it really does. Yeah, yeah. Looking back at those episodes and hearing about some of the things we're talking about is like, oh man, like who cares? <laughs> it is so long right. ago. Um, but the episode discussions are, are more timeless. And so that's one reason that we split them. Um, but then we started doing these nerdy couch discussions, which were kind of like a little like wet the palate, you know, just a little taste test before the main discussion. The first and one wasn't wasn't it on the Milan episode? I believe it was. And we were talking about like all the Disney princesses redesigns. And oh, yes, yes. <laughs> it was in there, like they all had their own like <laughs> background stories and whatnot. And I just remember Mason was like cracking up on that one. It was a great one. It was a great little side segment. That's amazing. Okay, we need to go back and <laughs> and uh, listen to the very first nerdy couch discussion. Maybe we could throw that to, to just take that as a separate episode and do like a throwback and just release that as an episode okay. sometime. That'd be funny to do. Um, yeah. So looking back, like lessons learned, we should have, you know, in order to get to that weekly cadence, we should have had the news as a separate week. Like we still could record at the same time. Like right. it wouldn't take hardly any much longer to do the recording. We just sort of said, hey, we're going to do two episodes today. We're going to do our 30-minute news or 30-minute nerdy couch and then our main discussion. And that would allow us to have double the content, double the fun. But it's actually the same amount of content because it's the content that we would have given you in the main episode. But it keeps the main episode very, very targeted to right. like what is the point of this episode? It's we are covering this. It's not, <laughs> okay, now onto this segment, now onto this segment and this segment. Right. It's just a kind of can be a lot, right? I love it. People love it. But well, and also that, I think would have made it a lot better. Yeah. And and for anybody who's wanting to start a podcast, like being able to have that consistency is very, very important. And not not only that consistency, but it's being able to get together, especially if you're doing it with multiple people. It's really hard after several years. Um, you yes. know, at first we we were really good at, at making getting together and being like, OK, we're planning it and we, we're batching these episodes. Um, and batching episodes is the best way to go. Um, I don't think we batched initially. Well, I mean, we batched the first or maybe we didn't batch, but we we got together multiple times very quickly. Yes. Um, and what we should have done is we should have said, hey, guys, we're going to be doing a recording session where we're going to record these two episodes or these three movies. So right. we can get together once a month. And because getting together was the reason that we didn't record as often right. or release as often. 
because it was it's there's a lot of schedules. People were in school. People were doing, you know, lots going on. Yeah. Um, you know, real life. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> had real life happening. And so, I mean, that's probably the biggest thing is, is the scheduling and being able to have um, a, a method where you're, you're planning on getting certain episodes out and then like coming, reconvening at a different time um, without having mm-hmm. to stop everybody's like the scheduling is the hardest thing out of everything. So <laughs> Yeah. So when you, yeah, if you're out there and you're like, I think I want to start a podcast, um, think about that and, and make plans and have a, have a document that you're going to be working on. And so that everybody kind of stays in line. And, um, mm-hmm, those mm-hmm. are the main things that have helped us. Yes. So our document is our like Bible, I guess it just helps to keep people on track. So you know what you're talking about. So I don't know if we ever really talked about what we do, but the episodes where we have a Google Doc that has our a note, our notes or some of our thoughts or just anything that we're going to talk about, we just put it on there ahead of time, are much better episodes mm-hmm. when we have that outlined versus the times where we forgot or things got busy and we just wing it. I can tell a huge difference in the episodes. And so really all it is, it's just a simple Google Doc. We copy and paste it for every episode. We just duplicate it, throw the, the title of the episode on there. And it just has our main section. So, hey, you know, it just has some of the things that we say every time, like, hey there, I'm your host, Morgan Stradley. It's just it's just a prompt. So that way we know what to say. Like, obviously, I know that's how we introduce ourselves on the podcast. But just seeing that there, that visual cue, boom, I can just glance at it and off I go, you know, or if we have some housekeeping or, or business or news, you know, we can just write that there in that intro section. You know, then we have our main discussion section, which, you know, we always talk about the the basics of the film. So in our template, we have, you know, date, colon, and then just a space or studio, colon, space, and, and all the info, box office, all of that. And, you know, we just go in and we just fill that in ahead of time. So we just have it there. And then the really the main most important part of our outline is people just go in. We have a different color for each person. I'm blue. Chelsea's red. Mason was green, I believe. And you just write your notes, you know, as you're watching the film, getting ready for the show or whenever, when you're doing your preparation, just, Hey, I want to talk about this theme in the film, or I love this quote, just whatever you just, it doesn't have to be a big full paragraph an essay, whatever, just, we just throw our thoughts on the dock. And then sometimes we use it. Sometimes we don't, but it just gives us the flow that we need for the episode. So, well, and also it definitely, definitely recommend that knowing that somebody else had something to say about this thing uh, is also really nice. So it's like, I'm going to continue. This is my thought. And then I know that this person had, I can see that this person has a thought based on my thought. So I'm going to let them talk. <laughs> and mm-hmm. yes. sometimes they're like, ah, no, skip it. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't want to talk about right. that. Um, yeah. So if Chelsea had a point and I wanted to add on to that, I would just add a new line and tab it in underneath hers to say, to signify like, hey, I also have something to say on this. Here it is. Right. You know, and it, it just... Visually knowing ahead of time what someone's going to say uh, really does help the conversation. So there's not those awkward lulls and pauses. We do a good job of cutting those out in in editing, but you know they still happen. But they will happen much much less if you just have a basic outline. Right. I think another big yeah. thing, I, if you're if for people who are starting podcasts, I guess um, knowing the audience was a big thing, and knowing specifically the the type of show that we wanted to do was huge for people who are looking for the show for people who are are wanting to find a specific thing 
if you know that, okay, I'm, I am this type of a person and I want to talk about this thing, it makes it a lot easier for you to get distribution to a lot of people. Yes. I recommend that whether you're starting a YouTube channel, a blog, an Instagram account, whatever that be, you need to know who your ideal subscriber is. Um, whether that's a podcaster or yeah, or any of that, you know, it's, it's worth doing the exercise to say, who is the person that I want to be listening to? And the trap that most people fall into is like, well, everybody will enjoy this show. Right. right. Everybody's going to listen. No, not everyone enjoys the animation addicts podcast. If my husband had to listen to it, he would gouge his eyeballs out. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's not for everybody, no, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's specifically, you know, looking back, our show are for millennial audiences who grew up with animated films who still love Disney and animated films to this day. Yeah. There's the magic and the nostalgia with them. And, and so that's why we, we cater our episodes to that audience. We feel this is a situation where we are that audience, but sometimes you'll find that you may not be your target audience. Um, whether it's for a product you have or whatnot. So you just got to be careful with that because you can't assume that you are the audience. Um, in a podcast, that that can definitely be for sure, especially if it's a movie podcast or something like that. But people. it's not always the case. Yeah. So, yes. This is also a great time to plug. Morgan has a has a YouTube how-to like <laughs> <laughs> course that you can take. It's fabulous. And honestly, we went through so much to be able to, to do all the things that we did. And if we would have had somebody to be able to take us through exactly how to do all these things from step one, it would have been like, oh, yeah, yay, <laughs> all done. <laughs> I, uh, there were so many things that we learned along the way. And there's all sorts of courses now that you can take that will take you through right. everything you need to do, all the equipment, all the how to all the tutorial, everything. So it sounds and looks and it's just professional. It's amazing. Um, would have been nice to have that because ours was just a lot of Googling. <laughs> right. Um, but okay. So if, yeah, so it's going to what Chelsea said, I do have a course. It's called the VidBoss Academy. Um, I don't like to plug my own stuff. Um, that's why I plugged it for you. There you go. But Chelsea plugged it for me. And so if you want to start a YouTube channel, you know, I've had a lot of success on YouTube and, and love teaching people about YouTube, especially if you're a business and you're using it to grow an audience and to, you know, use that audience to help with your product or whatever your service, maybe you're a therapist and you want to get more clients, whatever. I have a course, it's called VidBoss Academy. It teaches you everything from A to Z on how to start and grow a YouTube channel. Um, normally it's $297, but I will do a special animation addicts only code. If you're interested, um, I will do that for you and I will do $100 off. So it's lifetime access for as long as I offer the course. So the code that you will use is rotoscopers. Should I use rotoscopers? Is that too hard to spell? <laughs> I'm assuming if you have been listening to the rotoscopers, you know how to spell rotoscopers. Okay. So that is, that's your open sesame. It, you <laughs> type in rotoscopers into the, the coupon code. Um, and I will run that through the end of February, 2022. How's that sound? So if you want, if you were wanting to start on YouTube, go ahead that is my special gift to you. Woo! $100 off. So it'd be $197. Yay. Awesome. Okay. One thing that we did when we first started out is Chelsea and I were together. And I think that worked really, really well. We were in the same place because whenever we tried to record in separate places, we there were problems with 
internet back then and there still are internet problems but especially when you move from doing a podcast or a zoom call or anything from two people to three people it just lags like crazy Mm -hmm. i do think that zoom has has definitely made this so much easier i feel like when i'm on zoom calls with multiple people that lag isn't there anymore than it used to be 10 years ago holy crap skype (laughs) i just i just remember like when like mason would call me or you would call me when we were ready to start the show and the the zoom or the the skype music (laughs) right cue the skype music right here Like programs will always come and go. So it's like Facebook. Yes. It's like Facebook, MySpace crap. You know, it's like these platforms will always come and go. It's tech stuff. So, but here's the big thing. You know, we recorded our first few episodes on your computer microphone, which is a no Do go. not do that. Do not do. Do not do. Can I, can we say this one more time? Do not do. Not do. do. <laughs> <laughs> if that's you all can you get have a- for the first one. You can still up, you can upgrade for $7 and you can get something. So just there is very cheap microphones on Amazon that you can get. The one that I recommend for just getting started is the ATR, I think 2000 or something. I'll include a link in the show notes. It's about $70, but I've seen a lot of tests and comparisons where they compare it to the Shure microphone that a lot of the professional podcasters use. Yes. And they say it's like kind of the same. Obviously the the higher end one that's four or $500 has you know, way more bells and whistles and and slightly better quality. But if you're just getting started, here's the thing. This is what I use right now. This, this mic, it, it's great. It works for me. It's worked for a long time. Chelsea has her own setup, but she is a audiophile. So she has all the the fancy things. Yes. Um, but I would recommend that. And so, and instead of just record using your zoom recording, which I know a lot of people do, the problem with that is typically because your audio is traveling through the internet, the the person who is recording it on their side um, is going to have the best audio because it's going to be the clean audio going into just, you know, the recording device. But the other two people who had to have their sound come and pass through the waves of the internet and then record it, they are going to be lower quality. And I've noticed that on other people's uh-huh. podcasts and definitely on our old podcasts. And it's a shame because it's like, well, why do I have this great microphone? But I still sound like garbly gook, right? So what we have figured out, no one likes garbly gook. No, no, no. So what we figured out to do, the easiest is to just everyone record their own audio. It's it's so simple. It's so easy. So I use Audacity, which is a free open source program. Chelsea uses a tool called Pro Tools. You can use GarageBand, whatever um, program you have. And you just make sure that it's your microphone is set to your actual microphone, not to your microphone on your computer. <laughs> and then, which does happen, it's going to want to default to like, oh, you're on on mic? No, no, no. Use this one. And then you just record it. You end your recording when everyone's done. You title it the episode number and write your name on it. And then you just upload it. And then you just combine them all in post-production. And it does it, take it's longer. so much better. It does take it longer. It does take longer. It will add more to your add, as, post-production as process. who edits, I will say, it does take longer. <laughs> Right. It's so much easier to just take that file that has all three, let's say three hosts and it's all compressed. It's all together. And boom, just edit from there. It's so, so much easier. But will I, what I will say is having the three separated tracks is that if sometimes someone's talking over each other, but one person is making a really, really good point, you can just mute, you know, that section of those other people who accidentally talked over them. So that way 
you that this point that the person made is is saved. Whereas if you just use the recording, that's all three of them compressed together. You can't save that because you can't splice out the other people talking. So that is an an advantage of of doing it that way. So that's what we figured out over time. Okay, this right. I'm sure this is like no brainer stuff, guys. But here's but the thing: you figure it out as you go. <laughs> While Morgan was just giving that one example, I started coughing, and I you didn't hear it because I will have gone in and re- removed that part because I have separate audios. Yes, yay, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's. Side note of how many times I've recorded sick. And I'm like, why am I always sick? This is obviously an issue. <sighs> I feel bad. <laughs> like you would never know that Chelsea is is constantly hacking up a lung over here. Oh, gosh. <laughs> over the past few months. But hey, she does a great job. And that's that's what we have to say. The star of the show is Chelsea oh. for editing the hours and 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 hours of editing. It goes to Chelsea. She deserves buy her a coffee. Go to rotoscopers.com slash buy Chelsea a coffee. Is that what we put? Or is it buy Chelsea a pizza? No, it's a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Buy Chelsea a coffee. Just making sure it still goes there. You know, throw her a bone because she puts a lot of work into this show. So many things. So there you go. That's that's recording. That's what we do. It's so funny. I go back to the rotoscopers.com slash every episode ever. That's a great doc. It's a great doc. Um, you can go in there and I can go through and like read some of the, just the names of these. And I know exactly what is happening in my life based on the wall that I was staring at while editing it. Like <laughs> it's just a weird uh, thing because it's like, yes, I'm, I'm very much sit like seated in a spot for two to three to four hours, depending on what's happening. Mm-hmm, and then, mm-hmm. cause it's not just the, the actual editing. If it were just editing the podcast itself, um, that wouldn't be as, as long, but then you also have the, I have to convert things and put things into the right websites and post things on here. And it's like, there's like several different websites that have to go through. And then we also add in marketing for this. And so you have to find the clips and be able to put those out. And we have a great marketing specialist right now, Lauren, and she's, been doing some fabulous things on the instagrams because i wouldn't have time or the mental capacity (laughs) to like schedule those things out i'm i'm grateful that she's able to do it because it's like there are things that you want to do but to be able to do all of the things it's just there's a lot of work that goes into these things it's a lot yeah so thank you and thank i want to say thank you to everyone who has helped contribute over the years the you know the we started as the podcast and it quickly grew into a website because initially we were talking about news stories and instead of linking to these other places, I wanted just, Hey, let's just link to our own website. And so I started writing up the news stories for about the first year. And then we did a big call for, for writers and we brought on our initial batch of writers and, you know, people like Pablo, Myra, Gary, Blake, um, Alyssa, those were some of our first crew of, of writers and, you know, have gone on to do amazing, great things. And then we brought on another batch, uh, you know, Rachel and John and and so many other uh, just really cool people that we've met through the podcast. And if you are listening and you were a part of in a little bit or a big way, thank you so much. And it's interesting because the website has definitely changed. You know, I started the podcast. One of the reasons is because I wanted to be a contributor on the website Hypable. 
Um, Andrew Sims is was the host of MuggleCast. He still is. And he started this website that was an entertainment website all about fandoms. I thought it was such a cool idea. And he was looking for writers. And I did a submission for writers and I didn't hear anything back. And I was really kind of bummed because I thought that I was you know, very much capable and very accredited in I wasn't a journalist per se, but I, you know, can write incredibly well and had a degree and all these things, things that you think, okay, like I'm a shoo-in. Right. I was not a shoo-in. <laughs> so <laughs> it's fine because then I started own. my own website <laughs> and I started doing, let's just focus on animation news, which they covered animation news to a little bit and a little extent. And, um, you know, and then it grew from there and we did news reviews and interviews and the podcast and the YouTube channel. And now the website is a little different, you know, 10 years later, Hypable just close their doors. Oh, the online news space is so competitive yeah. and it's just, you don't make any money doing it, you know, which is why we have ads on the site, but they basically just cover to keep the website open. Um, we could never, we never gained enough through ads and whatnot to pay the writers. It was always volunteer. I, I would have loved to have gotten to that point, but I couldn't figure out how to monetize the news aspect of the site in that way. I just, it just, didn't spend enough focus on it right. and just kind of seeing, you know, hypable, they were the leader, they were really big and, um, you know, they had sponsorships and all these deals with the the studios and whatnot. And they ended up closing their doors and it just, you know, he basically said, he said like the, just the changing of the, of the landscape online, yeah. you know, people don't come to websites anymore. They don't read news articles like they used to, they don't comment on, on blog posts and things like that. It's just totally changed. And it's, it's just juice isn't worth the squeeze. And I feel the same way. It's like, well, that everybody used to use RSS feeds. And so you would go through and you would have your own feed happening. And then, um, I mean, yes, I, I loved RSS, I know. RSS feed, like feed burners and things where you would just like go every day and like read your, your blog post, read my stuff. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I think, I mean, there's me of being like a little bit bitter of like knowing they know that, you know, why am I creating a place where you don't have to go to my thing? Um, instead, they wanted to create a centralized location like a Facebook, like a Instagram, you know, all these mm -hmm. places where you go in and and um, they're able to feed those ads to you and stuff, which I understand the business model. But um, I totally get it. I totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> but I I definitely miss that time because I feel like everything was a lot more. I, I, I honestly think that it will start like trickling back into stuff like that, because I feel like it was a lot more. um curated i had a lot more uh control over what i was seeing and how much of it i was seeing too so mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. yeah i think i mean they have different places now i i was a huge fan of rss fees <laughs> yeah. i miss the days we don't really have a lot of writers on the site anymore one of our writers mark came back recently oh, he's like hey can i can i still can i come back and write and i'm like of course like there's if you've ever worked for the site you know it's an, always an open invitation like hey if you ever want to contribute but you know kind of thinking through i'm like i don't want to put all the effort into news anymore just because the other sites can just do it so much better i always felt that you know because we weren't full time it was kind of volunteer not every story was getting covered and so there were always gaps in our coverage. And so kind of figuring out the next phase of the website has been, you know, kind of interesting. I think it's a place for us to put reviews, you know, that are our own, um, you know, exclusive things here and there when we can, and obviously a place for the podcast. But as far as like the future of news on Rotoscopers, I just don't see it being that. I think it, it, it's maybe more of a place for um, more evergreen sort of content, opinion pieces, uh, good old listicles <laughs> if you wanted. Right. Um, 
things like that. So that's where I see the, the, the website going. So yeah, if it's something that you are interested in doing um, and you would like to contribute to the website in like those ways that I've talked about, definitely go to the site rotoscopers.com slash write for us and there'll be a link where you can apply there. It may take me a while to get to those those pages, but you know, we're always looking for people who who want to help and and keep this going. So another thing that we dabbled in for a while was the video podcast. Yeah. And it was, I would say for the most part, video podcasting was not successful for us. Um, but I think we were a little too too soon, I guess, for our capacity. Um, we were doing it on Google Hangout, which wasn't a great thing. You know, we always had that lag with the internet where the video would always was lagging. Now, right. if we were to do it, I don't think we would have that problem. We could just hop on StreamYard mm -hmm. and it would be easy. It'd be great. You know, we'd have all of our logos and our branding, whatever. We had um, so many high hopes for a time that didn't provide the abilities, you know? <gasps> yeah. And, you know, so with podcasting, you know, you can just show up in your pajamas and off you go. You don't really have to prepare visually. Um, but you know, I like to look nice if I'm going to be on camera. <laughs> right, exactly. And so, you know, there was a whole extra layer that you had to do. Um, video podcasts are very popular. One thing that didn't, did not help is we had our YouTube channel and the, vi when we would put the podcast on the YouTube channel, they would not do well. And that's another thing that I suggest is if you are going to be doing a video version of your podcast and you have an existing YouTube channel, create a dedicated podcast channel for your content yeah. of your podcast, because the way that the algorithm works on YouTube, and I talk about this all in my course, is it it wants to know who you are and what you do. And so if you have content A that's a news story, and then this one's an opinion piece, and this one's a long form two hour podcast episode, it really confuses people. and They don't really know what to expect. Um, and so if someone clicks on your new po video and it's a two hour podcast, and they're like, oh, I don't want this they're going to hop off. And that's an indicator to the algorithm that, Hey, people aren't liking this sort of content. So I'm not going to promote this channel as much. So having really long form, totally different content on your channel can really hurt you, um, in the algorithm and in the search results. And so, um, if I were to go back, I would create a separate animation addicts podcast channel. And if people wanted to see the video podcast and go watch it there for sure, we would you would go there and that's where you'd find it. But all the other sort of fun vi videos that we would do, I would keep on the channel. So that's a, a recommendation if you're looking to get into podcasting is keep it separate. You will thank you. I think you will thank me. Um, there's a big YouTuber that I follow and she did a podcast and then she did. She's like, hey, I already have this audience of 400,000 people. Like, of course, like they're going to want to listen to my podcast and watch it. Um, but you have to remember that people follow you on different places for different things. Yeah. Your YouTube the, the people who love YouTube, like love YouTube and yeah. they don't necessarily love podcasts or they don't necessarily love Instagram. And so you can't just mass post all of your posts to the same, like this was a big thing that people did back in the day. It's like, Hey, I'd put my post on Twitter. I put it on Instagram. I right. put it on Facebook. It's like, I have all these people. They should be able to see it, but your audiences are different in those places and you can't assume that they're the same. So people on Twitter don't love the same sort of stuff that people on YouTube like. And so she did this. And it really, really, really hurt her in the, in, in YouTube and her, her videos, which are a way to bring in money for her business, just weren't reaching the same amount of people. And so she scrapped that entirely and created a new channel. And she's like, oh, I wish I just would have done this sooner because now it's, it's, it's hard to come back from that. Right. So anyway, this is our lessons of 10 years <laughs> <laughs> as far as YouTube and podcasting. But, um, you know, now we could, I think we could go back to doing a 
video podcast, but I just don't feel like I need to. I don't feel the desire that the audience is there for that. Um, and what yeah. we do do is with our patrons, we get together once a month and we will do a video stream with them. And that's the one time where we get on camera and we hang out and we talk and, and, and do fun things. So if you are wanting to see us on camera, on video, the page, that's a, that's a patron perk that you can get by going to rotoscopers.com slash patron. Yay. Ooh. I love the patrons. Like we need a little, we need a little plug, like a little sound bite for any time we say like patron plug, like patron, I don't know, something, <laughs> something just to, to, to be funny about it. <laughs> Join the patrons. <laughs> No, they're I they're just such a great group of people. And every time that we get together, it's just fun to just hang out. And I'm like, hey, you're my you're my peeps. I like you're it. my people. You're mm-hmm. my people. Yep. So is there any other lessons learned for the podcast, Chelsea, that you think that, you know, things that went well, things that didn't go well over the past few years? You know, um, I will say we, I mentioned that we were our podcast had great growth leading up until our hiatus. And then, you know, the hiatus kind of was a year and a half. And then we came back around Frozen 2 time. And there was a big bump in downloads when we came back. And then um, I think just because people had forgotten to unsubscribe. And then people were like, oh, yeah, what's the show? Like, unsubscribe. And so then our next episode after that had way less. So I could visually see in the data what happened there. Um, but we have been able to kind of grow back, never to the level that we were before. Um, and so that's, that is a lesson learned that... Y- Breaks are good, but a year and a half break is not good, <laughs> well, right? Think- so like a break, a break over Christmas break yeah, makes sense. You're not going to lose people. Everyone needs time off. That makes sense. Um, but for a year and a half, you know, don't expect the audience to be there a year later when you're finally able to come back. Well, That's just school of hard knocks. <laughs> right. And I think that, you know, you're looking into like the reasons why that we ended up having to take the break. Um, you know, there was just a lot of things going on in everybody's individual lives. The scheduling, always a difficult thing. Then also, like, priorities change and shift throughout individuals' lives. Like, you got married, you had kids. Like, other things that came in and came out. I have uh, my own things that have come in and, and gone. Make sure that you're able to be consistent at whatever you're going to be doing. So if it's a 10-minute mm-hmm, podcast, mm-hmm. then get together once every month and record all of your 10 minute podcasts and then just let it be that. I mean, there's one side that says like, oh, you know, keep trying, keep changing, keep doing all these things. And that is yes. But also make sure whatever you what don't don't bite off more than you can chew. Yeah. And another thing, there is a time for you to realize when something's just like it's time to end a chapter Mm -hmm. and move on. Yeah. Like kind of continuing holding on to something just because just like the hope that, Hey, you'll get there. And uh, you know, you hear that advice, like, Hey, you're the, the big YouTubers. They had a thousand videos before they got big. You got to keep at it, which is true. Yeah. Um, however, sometimes it, it it's hard advice well, to say either way. You all, right. You, you also really have to take into in mind, like to do things that give you energy. Like if something mm-hmm. doesn't yes. give you energy, then it's just going to be a chore and you're never, and people aren't going to want it anyway because you don't enjoy it. Like, mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. from the beginning. And people can feel it. Yeah. From the beginning, people have said that they liked us because we, they knew that we were fans and they could tell that we were fans. And if it gives us energy, then it'll give you energy, the people who listen, you know? So, um, yeah, I think that's always been my, my key as far as like taking on new projects I will go through and I'll just, I'll I'll really ask myself, 
will I be doing this if I have absolutely no monetary value coming in because mm-hmm, of it? Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. like you have to for us, you know, the monetary value is not in currency. You know, what type of currency do you accept for your work? You know, our currency that we're accepting is the fact the friendships that we have and the people that are around us. And we do that for those purposes, because, you know, if you're looking at specifically money wise, like I don't give I don't give like even minimum wage for this, (laughs) like for the amount of hours I put in this. I'm like, what? (laughs) no, it just doesn't make sense. Um, But like, what is the currency that I'm accepting? You know? Right. And with me. It's a time for Chelsea and I to get together. We get to be together on a consistent basis and we just get to talk and we get to have fun. And, you know, after the show's over, you know, we'll sit and we'll talk and we'll just, you know, catch up on life. But that's we do have plans to do that after this episode. <laughs> Chelsea has some some uh, juicy. Do I say juicy? I don't know. Oh, gosh. She has uh, some, something to talk about. <laughs> and that's great. That's really fun. So um, that is that. So I would say now let's go into our patron questions. Speaking of the patrons, how much we love them. Some of these may have been um, answered. So we answered the one from Rachel Ragnar. How did you first start the podcast? Whose idea was it? So there you go. (laughs) I've been talking about that for the past 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Esther Rosenfeld says, which song from an animated film could you sing every day and not get tired of? Easy. A Whole New World from Aladdin. Uh, It's a good one. Yeah. Mm, It is good. Um, what could I sing all the time? I really, honestly, anything from the Goofy movie. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> like, just such, mm, you know. Thank you, Kevin Lima, yes, for all of that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Joe says, what are your top five movies to rewatch? This question is for both Chelsea and Morgan. Well, I'm glad that's for both of us. <laughs> right. Um, I'm going to say animated movies to rewatch. Right. So, uh, Swan Princess, Aladdin, Tangled, Beauty and the Beast, and The Little Mermaid. Boom. Five. Yeah. Same. Toy, yeah, same. I would also throw in. Oh, Toy Story. Yeah. I would yeah. also throw in some Toy Story. It's funny, like, before we started this, or or later on, I'll go into another question is, like, what are the episodes that you liked the best or something? And I'm just like, well. We started with all of our favorite movies in the, on the list of the full episode archive. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. it's like a lot of those first 50 movies are all movies that it's like we can really go back and rewatch those easily. Anastasia. I'm always up for an Anastasia. Oh, mm-hmm. Don Bluth. I mean, we I didn't talk about our Don Bluth love <laughs> when we first did oh, the gosh. podcast. I mean, we still have the tagline. Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and, and everything, everything in, between. in between. Midway through, we cut out Don Bluth because I was like, you know. We kind of gone through all of he's, <laughs> He is a studio, but he's not a studio because he's he's just had this crazy name change over the years. Right. Like he was constantly like redoing a studio, reincorporating or adding a new partner and so they had to rename it. So it's like very strange. Like it would have been so much more convenient if we just would have called it Don Bluth Studios in the very beginning. Boom, done. Um, but like we love Don Bluth so much. That he got an, right, a shout exactly. out every single episode, <laughs> every single episode in our tagline. And I, I love it. But eventually I, I cut it down because I was like, well, let's just talk about like the big three Disney DreamWorks Pixar. So, yeah. Yep. Well, and, you know, the exciting <laughs> times of being able to meet him and like hang out. 
with him a little bit. Oh, multiple times. Multiple times. Yeah. yeah, he's such a great guy. I know that there's a lot of stories out there of like people who've worked with him. And I'm I'm sure if you have if you went through a time where there was bankruptcies involved, like there's issues that would come up. Um <laughs> yes, there are issues. But as far as like being monetarily connected to somebody is always going to bring up issues. But you know, as far as um him as a hang and I, I, I mean, we don't hang out with him, but it's like as a hang, come on, but it's like <laughs> somebody to like. We don't hang out with him, but um, <laughs> as somebody just to like kind of like glean information from and just kind of like be be with, you know, it, the interviews that we're with him on have always felt like more like a hangout than more than a like serious thing because he's just he's really open with his stuff especially nowadays. So he's just like, this is how it is. <laughs> like my favorite mm-hmm. are his commentaries where he's just like, yeah, we ran out of money. That's really why this happened. The way it did. <laughs> That's the tea. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you know, okay. I'm glad that we know this, but I, yep, yep. yeah. So those are some, some great times. All right. What was been the biggest challenge? Um, That's from soul. The biggest challenge I would say kind of like scheduling. It was always when there was multiple people, even if it's scheduling a guest for the show or an interview, scheduling is always kind of the biggest. Okay. When can we do this? When do I have time? Okay. I'm free this day. Oh, you're not free this day. Oh, they're free this day. Okay. Well, I'll move it around. Okay. I'll get a babysitter. It's to me. That's the number one thing for me. That one is a big thing. Also over 10 years, I will say that, you know, the people that you do this with um, Morgan, and I have, always had great relationship skills and great abilities to work through things. And there was a question on one of our, on one of our patron episodes where it's like, have you guys ever disagreed? I'm like, um, yes, yes, we have. <laughs> and um, yeah. there's, and, and you, it always is good to remember that, you know, when you're working on any type and the thing that I said then was um, when you're working on any type of group project, there's going to be friction. And I think the biggest thing is just to go always just go back and remember the currency that you're that you accept. And what am I actually getting out of this? And Mm -hmm. to be very clear to yourself and to each other why you are doing these things. And right. If you if you recognize that the currents you're you're not accepting the same currencies um, when you're working on a group project then that's some that's a time to reevaluate the situation. Once we knew exactly the currencies that we accepted in this project, it became a lot easier and there were a lot less a lot less friction. Mhm. Yes. Just talk it out before things get explosive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so there you go. That was a really good one, Chelsea. Um what is an episode you regret? So I was trying to think through this. This is another question from Sol. I don't think I have any regrets. I don't live my life that way. I believe that people are human. We make mistakes and you you move on from it. And we don't hold people to, if you make one mistake in your life or you say one thing, like you're canceled forever and you're done forever. I don't believe that is a Christ-like way to live our lives. Yeah. I believe in forgiveness. I believe that we need constant, like, for forgiveness and repentance like that is the whole purpose of life so right an episode i regret i will say around 2016 um 
there were uh, the, I I kind of regret a lot of those episodes because it was just Chelsea and I at that point in time and I was working full time and I had a baby and there was just a lot on my plate and I feel like I didn't prepare as well for those episodes like sometimes I wouldn't majority of the time I wouldn't even have anything on my dock and I feel like I was kind of just phoning it in for those episodes so I do regret that because you know we should have maybe taken a pause and come back really really invigorated yeah um those were times you know like I said going back to when you knowing what time you're capable of doing and being able to be honest with it as far as regret I don't necessarily regret any episode I like regret sort of people (laughs) well okay if it okay here we go here we go (laughs) the only regrets that I would have is not being prepared enough for an interview Mm -hmm. like that I mean because generally if you're going to be interviewing somebody you have to you will never have that chance again most likely unless this goes well it's like a first date like but as a, in a first date, at least you're both coming in kind of blind. But no, this one, it's like you have asked them to come on and you can't waste their time. I just remember there was one specific uh, interview that I was going to do. He noticed that I clearly hadn't done enough research about him. This is early, early on, oh. like within the first 10 episodes, basically. But it was, he was just like, yeah, here, read my Wikipedia page, basically. I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I mean, it was just really bad. Like, I felt really, really bad about that. And another one is I also regret is during the age of horrible Internet issues, having to deal with that on an interview is just terrible. So those are the kind of things that I regret. It was just like, yeah. oh, it hurts. It hurts so bad. Yeah. You know, we've. One thing with interviews that I've learned is there's two types of guests. Um, One guest is kind of like on their circuit. They're promoting something. They're going to tell like the same stories over and over and over because they have 10, 20 of these things that they have to do. Right. And they feel, quote, on, you know. Yes. And so and and they know that, hey, I'm going to tell these 10 stories on these different podcasts because they all have different audiences. You know, it's just my same shtick over and over. Yeah. And then there's the other people that are a little bit more real and raw. They maybe they don't do interviews as often or, you know, they're they're not as scripted, if you will. Right. And I will say for the people that come in with a script, um, it's I I feel the best interviews are the ones where I have watched multiple interviews of this person, yes. you know, because there's the surface level thing that everyone is going to ask. Like, I don't want to be the person to ask like the surface. So, like, what gave you the idea for this movie? Right. Exactly. Like, OK, whatever. You know, um, so I, tr- I feel like my best interviews, the ones where I, I watch everything. Um, when I did Chris Sonnenberg, I listened to, ev- he was so kind and he went on like all these different tangled podcasts oh, and, and so, YouTube channels. He's so great. He's awesome. I really love him. And I listened to all the interviews that he did about the series and, you know, wrote down the most common questions that kept getting asked because I'm like, I don't need to know this. I want something new. I want to offer my listeners whether they've heard those other ones before, nonetheless, a- anyone, I want something entirely new, unique, never done before. Right. Um, and so I feel that the questions I asked were ones where it's like, wow, okay. I've never been asked that before. That's a really great question. You know, that's what I like to do for podcasts. There's a, other people we've interviewed, for example, Bill Farmer, love Bill Farmer, love voice of goofy. He's amazing. We got to interview him early, early on, but I've listened to a lot of podcasts and interviews that he's done. And he very much is the same. Like, yeah. I'm going to tell my story. Here's how I got in the business here. It's like the same thing. 
And so it really forces you, if you recognize that ahead of time, um, you want to get them out of that. Yeah. Yeah. And like going back and listening to that episode, there were also other cues that I really should have taken uh, him up on. Like he was talking, he was talking about, oh, it's Halloween. And so we're really into Halloween. And I was like, why didn't you fall, uh, ask a follow-up question yeah, on that? Yeah. You know, like there, and those are, once again, we were very brand new and I'm sorry to any of our early interviews. And even the Don Bluth <laughs> interview was like, we were oh. just like, oh gosh. I would do it so different. So different nowadays. Yeah. Um, but, you know, once again, give, give yourself grace. You're starting, you're learning and it's okay. Look how, look how much we've learned. Which speaking of Don Bluth, he, his autobiography is coming Ooh. out this summer. I'll put a link to the pre-order. You should definitely pre-order it. They reached out to us and um, we will definitely be doing an interview with him Perfect. when that comes. So that is a huge, amazing opportunity. So yeah. Do that. I'll include a link so you can pre-order it because if you're Don Bluth Disney fans, well, Disney, any everything in between fans, <laughs> right. he he follows he falls into that everything in between. You will want to read his auto, excuse me, his biography. Yeah. So like looking at the interviews, like those are those are big things. And nowadays I, I do interviews very differently than I did at the very beginning. Like I still really, 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 really want to interview uh, Stephen Schwartz, but that hasn't happened yet. And I want to interview Richard Rich. We yes, we and and also Which we, Ted. We were like we were talking, <laughs> and we now were, we have to add Ted. <laughs> like, there's a lot of interviews that we really want to do. Um, but it's like for for Stephen Schwartz, you know, in preparation of that because I I almost had an opportunity, but because of uh, Disney, um, <laughs> we uh, like scheduling <laughs> did not have worked out because he was in the middle of like you had to be anyway. Um, Long story short, it wasn't going to work out for me to do an interview at that time. But in order, in preparation, because I thought I would be, I was like, okay, I need to get started now and read his read his biography, read all of these things, come up with my own questions, come up with all my own things, um, and so that I would, at this point, if I were to interview him again, I would have, I would want to go in because this was like seven years ago that I did all this mm -hmm. like, research. Mm -hmm. I would like to go back <laughs> and redo that research. And be and also be able to yeah. have like a full fresh start um, with what he's up to now, what's going on now. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of of methods that people take to do interviews. But I think that the especially if you're if you are reading somebody's book or if you are listening to something of that person, I would keep a notepad with you and write down in in individual questions that maybe those interviewers didn't catch. Mm -hmm. Or like I said, when when um, Bill Farmer was like, I really like Halloween. What kind of questions could I have asked about Halloween at that time? You know, it's like, and I, I should have, I would go through now and I would write down all these questions that maybe somebody didn't catch up on and have my own list of just lots of questions for people mm -hmm. so that I would have way more of a breadth of, of opportunities and options and not to just stick with the same shtick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good one. Next up is, were there any movies you covered that you didn't expect to, expect to enjoy, but really liked? Also on the opposite, what were the biggest disappointing ones? Congrats on 10 years. That's from Elliot. Um, so two of them that come straight to mind is episode 58 and 59, Castone Dance and Monster in Paris. Both of those movies I had zero expectations for, but also like even specifically a Monster in Paris, I had watched it once before, but then when I watched it again for the episode, and we talk about this in the episode, that it just got better that second time around. And I did not expect that. 
Another one that I wasn't expecting to love, but I really did was Your Name. Oh, yeah. And it's uh, the it's an animated a Japanese animated film. I thought that was really great. It was so weird, though. And it was just, just very, very unexpected. Barbie as the princess and the pauper was just so just unexpectedly good, I would say. <laughs> uh, oh. Batman Mask of the Phantasm. That's another uh, one yeah. where you're just not I was not expecting that's, it to be as good as it yeah, was. Exactly. And really great. And that was one that like yeah. forever people were trying to get us to review that movie. Mm-hmm. Like there were a lot of right. mo- these movies that were like, Forever. And even still, um, we still... Have- Which that should be our sign. If people are continually asking again and <laughs> right. again and again, like, please do this one. Please do this one. There's a reason. There's a reason. Yes. So, yeah. Good time. Oh, and also Thief and the Cobbler. That one, oh, this whole yes. background of that story was just mind-blowing. Um, so not yes. just the, the Kevin Shrek interview, who was the director of Persistence of Vision. Watching Persistence of Vision, that one blew my mind mm-hmm. and then being able about to go the, back and yeah, rewatch about the making of a thief and the cobbler was like wow yeah and i'm including all of these episodes in the show notes um in case you want to watch it oh the terrible one that i <laughs> lord of the rings so many mini skirts <laughs> Ooh. and that that wasn't one i regret, I regret not in the least that. but right it's just um Oh, it was so bad. Uh, it, it, it the movie itself is like oh, and I just recently rewatched the real Lord of you know the the J- Peter Jackson Lord of the yeah. Rings, and it's so good. Even all, you know all these years later, it's just like oh, breath of fresh air. Thank you so much, yeah, for making that because all that people had for the longest time was oof. Do you know what that one episode that I enjoyed way more than the movie itself? And <laughs> Like there are several of these, but one that as I'm reading through the list on every episode ever, I'm like, wow, the conversations that we had for a dinosaur for episode 72 dinosaur was Mm -hmm, so much mm -hmm. better than like, but it was like, I just remember that being like, whoa, our, our, our conversation about it, because we were talking about different things of like what they should have talked about or because it, it went Uh into a conversation on the feelings of scarcity versus abundance and like how they really could have changed this to make that like a thing in this movie, as opposed to just mm-hmm, completely mm-hmm. flat, like it was. Um, but then also we're back a dinosaur story. And we ended up talking about the wish radio thing. Like there are a lot of these, <laughs> like, how would you make it better? That really opened up a lot of really cool conversations that I enjoyed. Yeah. Nice. All right. Last question from Joe again says, what animated films do you think would most benefit from having an animated TV series or expand the world building and lore? We get this question from time to time. Yeah, we do. You know, I've always said Tangle the series, but they did that and they did it in such an amazing, spectacular uh-huh. way. So that's a really good example of of doing it well. Um, you know, I won't say Frozen because I feel like with Frozen 2, they've really muddied the waters yeah. with that world. Don't love it. Right. <laughs> Um, and if, again, if you've watched the making of that, you're like, I, first off, I can't believe they released this publicly just admitting like we had no idea what we were doing. Yeah. <laughs> that was nuts. Uh, but it's okay. Um, I mean, I feel like a lot of the DreamWorks ones, they've really gone in and, and added to their lore. Mm-hmm. And does Kung Fu Panda have a TV show? I feel like it does. I think it does. And then yeah. so does and How to Train Your mm-hmm. Dragon. I think if Laika were to choose a couple of their things and do a, a series on it, I think it'd be cool, like Kubo. I think that mm-hmm, might be mm-hmm. a cool thing. Um, yeah, good times. 
Yeah, you know, the Toy Story would be the easiest one. I would just love to see the day-to-day adventures that they had um, more monotonous yeah. when Andy was younger. I think that would make a really fun TV series. They do that with some of the shorts they used to do where we got to see Bonnie's room or we got to see this or that. Um, and they were always really well done and very clever. But I think kids would love a TV show about that. Yeah. So Well, they did we do some shorts with it. Oh, going back to our interview for just one quick thing. I was really glad that I was able to interview Kelly Asbury, director of Ugly oh, Dolls, because yeah. it was like within the next, that year he ended up passing away, which was so sad. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I wish that that episode I could have. He only had a certain amount of time. And so I couldn't like, really dig into the, like the questions that I really wanted to ask. But mm-hmm. yeah, that was I, I liked talking to him. And then also later on, he did a, an expose on like. What is it like to direct a flop? <laughs> it's like, oh, Aww. I mean, the fact that he was so at out least, there. At least you're lean, you're leaning into yeah, it at that exactly. point, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, man. Anyway, okay, back to online. So that are all the questions that we have. And if you want to continue this journey with us, we'd encourage you to become a patron. You can go to rotoscopers.com slash patron to learn all about the patron perks. I've decided that our next patron episode, there's this like meme going around that someone who did this Disney Pixar bracket. And it is, I think they purposely did it bad. So that way it would get people's attention. They put like Monsters Inc. winning the top. Monsters Inc. was the winning for like everything. And I feel like they have to be trolling us because this is just (laughs) so, so bad. And so anyways, for our next patron episode, Chelsea and I are going to get together and we're going to actually do the bracket together live and pick our winner um, that way to see what is the top spot for Disney and Pixar. Woo. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Guys, this really has been a, a great time to sit and chat about our time learning about podcasting. And I think that that's been you as the listener and as the audience, once again, is our currency for doing this. Or, and I'm grateful for you because it's going back to the patrons, the people that that really want to have these conversations are so important to us because it's, yeah, you guys keep this whole thing going. So thank you for joining us through these 10 years, whatever point in time you joined us, we're grateful for you. And we're grateful for the camaraderie and the, the special group of friends that we've all become. Woo-hoo. Thank you so much. It's been fun. And here's to another 10 years. I'm sure on our five-year episode, I said, here's to another five years. Here's to another 10 years. We'll see how this evolves over the next few years it's been fun it's been a blast and we love hanging out with you so until next time we we are are the rotoscopers you've been listening to the animation addicts podcast if you enjoyed this episode don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave us a five-star review we're available on apple podcasts spotify and wherever you listen to podcasts and if you want to help spread the word be sure to share the podcast with your friends on social media just don't forget to tag us at rotoscopers on instagram and use the hashtag animation addicts for all the links and full show notes for this episode go to rotoscopers.com podcast now if you still can't get enough for your animation fix be sure to subscribe to us on youtube and visit rotoscopers.com for more animation news reviews and interviews thanks for listening